Prepare. Respond. Serve. This is Five Stone. This is Five Stones Podcast. Introduction to who we are. My name is Eric Townsend. This is John Conover. This podcast today is going to kind of be an introduction, uh, so you can kind of get to know us individually. Our first podcast that we uh, released out was just an introduction to Five Stone in general and what the company's about, what we do, and how we can help you guys out. But I want to get more specific and kind of let people get to know who we are, okay? So let's start with you, man. So tell the people out there a little bit about yourself, your history, and I think your family history is pretty awesome, how it ties in with uh, emergency medical yep. services and uh, what you bring to Five Stone in the community, man. Go for it. No, you mentioned uh, my family history, which is, in my opinion, the the foundation of which my career is built on. Um, my dad was the first EMT in Adair County. Uh, That's crazy. Right where we grew up. Yeah. And um, he worked uh, and on the ambulance. You know, he got, I think, certified in 74, which is when um, the actual EMS curriculum started. Uh, but he he drove the the ambulance uh he was like a ambulance driver before then for the local funeral homes really yeah yeah so there was evidently two uh, local funeral homes in columbia which are still there and they each had an ambulance and um if somebody called for help they would literally race to the scene and whoever got there first hauled the patient and really? yeah, got that got that business. Yeah, the funeral home had the, the ambulance. The funeral home, yeah. He drove a raised top Cadillac, yeah, with a stretcher in the back. So basically, all they would do is show up and you know throw somebody in the back, Just load and go, load and go, go to the hospital, scream to the hospital. And there was maybe one or two people on the uh, crew members. Um, and I, so the hospitals didn't have no ambulances back then. No, the funeral homes did the pre-hospital stuff. No way. Yeah, yeah, I had true. no idea. Yeah. So uh, each person, evidently there was like a um, a few, of course I've not heard these stories in, in years, yeah. you know, uh, but evidently there was just a few people on the ambulance service or, or worked for the funeral homes, and uh, they would take the ambulance home with them. So I've got pictures of of the old raised top Cadillac ambulance in, in the driveway with, you know, of my dad's parents' house when he lived with it, still lived with his parents. That is and, crazy, um, man. Yeah, so whoever... Um, so there was not an EMS service at that no, time? No, no, not till uh, mid-70s. So there was no EMS? There was no in Adair County, Adair County ambulance, yeah. And your dad was the first ambulance driver? He was one of the first. You know, yeah. of course, there was people before him, but uh, he was in that first um, class when people got certified. Uh, along, smokes, yeah, Along man. with a few other. I think um, just to throw out a couple, you know, a name or two, but uh, Phil Bailey, which... Um, uh, he worked EMS here for a while, and I think ultimately moved. To, he moved to Florida and become uh, like a battalion chief at uh, Largo Fire Department in Florida. Really? Yeah. And uh, but he's just recently moved moved home <clears throat> in the last few years. Uh, but now he's got some health issues now. But yeah, um, I hear that. Um, but yeah, there was a, a f- several back in the early seventies. And like I said, I should. Well, I'm, that's crazy. If you think, think, think about this. All right, so I'm at the house and I'm having a problem. And yeah. I call the funeral home for help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what number. Yeah. I don't know if you called a certain funeral home, but I was always told that like if there was a wreck or something like that, both funeral homes would know about it. And like they would go and they would race to the scene. Oh that, my that was the stories gosh, that was always man. told to me. Like whoever got the you know, got there first got that business. You know, I guess the patient, you know, technically is a customer. 
you know, these private businesses. But uh, and imagine that now. Imagine you have a wreck and then the hearses are rushing to your scene. Yeah, yeah. They were um, <laughs> they were like that's crazy, man. Uh, hearse type vehicles, like they were yeah. race type Cadillacs, but they had like a Red Cross on the door. You know, oh they my were gosh. that was the ambulance. That's wild. Um, but in seventy. Around 74, uh, the Department of Transportation, you know, put out EMS curriculum, and that's when um, municipal ambulance services started. And uh, Dad went to like the first EMT class here, um, and they drove the ambulance, you know. So I guess that's before they had local instructors anywhere. People had to go, what, Frankfurt or somewhere and get trained uh, from the state? Or to what, be honest with you, do I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Um mm. I don't ever remember him saying. I was under the impression that he, that there was a class. In fact, there was a like one of the first paramedic classes was taught here at Lindsay. Really? Yeah, and, but I don't know if it was a like a college class or not. It could have been just somebody coming and wow. and teaching like they used to. Um, That's great. But yeah, the 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 actual facts on it all is kind of, of course, a lot of them guys are dead and Lost gone now. Time, yeah, dead. Yeah. Dad died eight or nine years ago, and yeah. I wish I would have paid attention more. And we all got those regrets, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like I grew up um, as a child of barely walking. You know, like I was hanging out at the ambulance service. Yeah. Um, you know, with Rick Wilson and Greg Mann and, and yeah. like all them people, the legends, that, man. Yeah, the, the legends yeah. Yeah. that we all uh, know and love. Um, but that's I spent more time at a ambulance service than most kids spend at a daycare. Yeah. You know, so it was, I was just exposed to it all of my life. And he was a director in Adair County uh, for a while, and then he went on to sell ambulances and medical equipment. Um, and then in 1999, I started riding the ambulance. It was, I was still in high school. Um, but because of that connection, you know, he was able to pull some strings, and I, was, I started riding That's ambulance so cool, when I was in man. high school. Yeah. And, just, and man, I was, I was riding like full-time hours. And I'd, I would get out of high school or get out of school and – so, you know, before I got my license, I wasn't even 16 years old. But didn't your dad have something really big to do with, like, the establishments of, like, the ambulances or something within the state or something? What yeah, was his? Yeah, so, um, uh, do you know Joe Bradshaw? And, yeah. Uh, so, him and Joe and um, Bob Calhoun, um, they were all worked for the state EMS back before it was K-Beams. Okay. Um, and they got uh, the ALS protocols, the paramedic protocols, established in the state. So, uh-huh. you know... Pre nineteen ninety, there was really there was paramedics around, but there wasn't any true ALS protocols, really? the way I understand it. Um, but uh, yeah, they they actually established that uh, that ALS. And Brad, y'all still doing it today, isn't he? Yeah, still in the pre-hospical business. No, that's I think cool. Works for Aryvac. You got legends like, of course, your dad, who's who's passed now, and then you got like you got Wilson and you got Greg Mann and yeah. Bradshaw and. You know, I've seen these people over the years working locally, see them come in and bring patients in and seeing, I, I, I don't know how to word it really. It's like you got these people who have been here from the beginning and they have such a strong compassion for the people in the community. It's not a job. They, I mean, they've done it for free for yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, it's like not a job to them. Yeah, it's like yeah. legit. I've seen you know, one in particular, I won't mention which one it was because I don't, you know, I don't want them to, you know, feel awkward me sharing this. But came in and bringing patients into the emergency room and sit there and weep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With with the child. Yeah. And weeping with them and the parents and stuff because they have 
such a strong connection to the community and they hate to see it. And I'm sure they reflect back on yeah. the establishment and how far it's come and where it's going to go. And that's just a, man, that's so huge. And your connection to that is just astronomical. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah sorry, man. I mean, sorry, well, man. Go ahead. you know, <clears throat> talking about the way they were back in the days, um, it, it was it was a family, you know. Yeah. I remember years ago, um with dad and his partner him and rick wilson were partners for a while yeah and like they were at family gatherings like when we would have christmas dinner or thanksgiving you know they had to work they were both there you know yeah. like rick wilson or greg man like we would go to each other's family's house like we were together every day yeah you know not just you know well working 24-hour shift with and you won't see them for another three days no it, on our off days we were with each other every day and that, that's you know? a strong bond you yeah know? well when you go through that development and that the the trials and the, and the and the struggles i'm sure that they had to get something like that established and then you imagine man those guys responding <clears throat> excuse me those guys responding on the streets with little to no equipment mm -hmm. no policies and programs in place besides yeah. the one that they've established yeah you know what i'm saying that's yeah. a bond man you yeah. know that's just, that's just unbreakable you know yeah i mean like you said uh old equipment you know or little or it'd be broken you know i've heard plenty of stories of broken down ambulances uh, in fact uh dad always told a story about an ambulance breaking down right there at the at 80 and westlake drive yeah. there in front of the dollar store yeah and they had to get the patient out of the truck, and we just wheel them down to the hospital. Like, oh it was about goodness. a mile down the road. Yeah. It's like, well, the ambulance broke down. So that was back when it was a uh, Lake Cumberland EMS. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I don't remember that. So yeah. there, there was a regional ambulance service, um, like Pulaski County, uh, Russell, Adair, Green. There were several counties in together. Taylor That's County cool, was man. part of it. You know, I know we got this podcast here, and we're talking about local things, but I'm sure this happened all throughout the country. Oh, yeah. You know, and so for you guys listening in, I know this is really a, a introductory podcast for for John Aaron here, but think about this in your own hometown. Think yeah. about those legends that are still here, and yeah. still on the streets, yeah. the ones that have passed, and think about it and go talk to them and learn that history because yeah. that is something that you're benefiting from today from those people's sacrifices yeah. and bravery to be, come to the front line and make this happen. Yeah, a lot so. of good stories there. Yeah, very educational. So you started. Riding on the truck in high school, mm -hmm. but when did you start actually going to go to EMT school, or just take us through your whole history? Well, man. not um, just EMS, take us through everything. Like, so you talked about in high school, so, you started riding on the truck. Yeah, so junior year uh, was I graduated in two thousand three, so two thousand one would have been either end of my sophomore or beginning of junior year. Nine eleven happened. Mm. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I never really had a had the urge to be in the military. It's just that happened, and it uh, I think for everybody, you know, it pissed everybody off. You know, yeah, everybody's yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> just on a whim, like I actually tried to join seventeen years old in my junior year, and and dad being the man that he was, he's like that's absolutely not. That's an adult decision. You know, when you turn eighteen, you can yeah. by all means you can join. And I support you one hundred percent. He's like, but that's not on me. So I'd wait a year. So I joined the Army in senior year of high school when I turned 18. So went to the Army. Um, not a huge career. It was fairly short. Um, blew a knee out um, during school. Um, so I was only in for a couple years. Um, 
but of course my passion has always been right you know in the medical field um but uh I, I got out of the army and immediately I had to do like reserves for a little while so while I was in the reserves I found an EMT class in Lebanon uh, Marion County and uh Paula Cole and you know George Winsett and all of them over yeah, there yeah um taught my EMT class um so whenever you and that was 2005 what, what did you go in the military for um well actually I, I initially I went to the air force like to the recruiter like hey I want to be a medic in the air force and uh they just straight up was like no we don't need we don't need anybody good luck yeah. you know send me <laughs> send me kicking rocks um and so I basically just walked next door I walked out of the air force recruiter and right next door was the army um so I walked in over there and told him I want to be a medic. He's like, no, I got something cooler for you. And he's like, well, you can be a scout. So basically ride on a tank, you know, a Bradley tank. And, you know, we can cross train. They tell you so many lies. Like none right, of it yeah, happened, yeah. you know. But I did. I went in. I, I was easily persuaded into being a cavalry scout. So uh, that's, that's what I went in for. That was your MOS. Cool, man. Yeah, 19 Delta. Uh, but like well, I said, it was basically went to a couple schools, um, got hurt. And uh, went and had to do the reserve unit over in Somerset. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. But to be honest with you, it was, like I said, it was more of a knee-jerk reaction to what happened, yeah. you know, from the terrorist attacks right, than, yeah. than anything else. That impacted everybody <clears> in this It country, did. You know? It did. And, um, you know, there's a lot of first responders that gave their life that day for, right. you know. But... Um, and one thing too that you know we go into talking about is, in the in the podcast coming up is PTSD for first responders, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it really didn't come to light until night, you know, nine uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. think that brought to light the stress and the suffering and the relationship issues and yeah. the personal issues that come across with first responders. It yeah. was just kind of isolated military. Yeah. Then they seen the effect. So yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so yeah. After like I said, in two thousand four, I started EMT class. Uh, graduated uh, like first of '05. It was a like a winter class. Mm-hmm. So s- January February is when I graduated. I remember I got certified in March of of '05. Um, so this is my we're wrapping up my fifteenth year. Well, this this coming March will be my sixteenth year. Yeah being certified that's awesome man yeah so and with your with your em ems uh service all the years you've worked in numerous areas around yeah around the state yeah. but you've done more than just riding a truck yeah what else what all have you so done? you know let me touch on that um, and i didn't mean that disrespectfully no, anybody no, no, no. Who rides in a truck I, I don't mean it that way i no. just meant like your career's taking you just yeah. more than just being on the streets you yeah. went and done administrative yeah, right. roles and things like that what yeah. all have you done so let me go back to the beginning uh, when I got certified, uh, when you first get certified, you kind of wh- wherever you can get a job at, that's where you that's where you start. You know, kind of just take what you can get. Right. And luckily, you know, my dad had connections everywhere. And uh, one of my first uh, uh, jobs was here at Camelsville, and then uh, just like a week or two later, I got hired full time at Hardin County in Elizabethtown. Um, and it's a big EMS. That, that's a very busy uh, yeah. EMS system, um, and that's <clears throat> to be honest with you, that's still where my heart's at. That's where I made really good friends there. You know, family, pretty much. Um, and then during that 
first year or so in EMS, um, I always wanted to work in a dairy company. That's where I grew up. Um, but when Dad got sick, mm. um, I just avoided it. Yeah. You know, it's like that was my my nightmare uh, yeah. scenario was having to you know work on my dad. You know, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, and that's what kept me away. You know, I, yeah. I feel like you know sometimes I feel like. Um, I should have started there and, and, and just made my career there. But to be honest with you, I just, I wasn't prepared to, yeah. to face those problems. And again, the PTSD and yeah. you would not have, you wouldn't have felt that if you hadn't had previous experiences leading you up to that yeah. point, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. you see suffering and you see those things happen and you don't want to see your own family yeah. have to go through that, then be the one to do that. Yeah. You know, I definitely when we didn't want to be put in that situation. I don't think you can shun yourself or look down on yourself because you didn't do that by any yeah. means whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody's individual. And you got to do what you do to get yourself yep. established and be in the right position. You, there's great medics locally still to take care of them too. You know oh yeah, saying? absolutely. So, yeah, and that's because of your dad. Yeah, and he, I, I never doubted. Yeah, because he set up this strong community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People, yeah. people look around and oh, it's just a small rural town and this and that. But no, man, like. For our first responder services, we got good people yeah. here. Yeah, I've never doubted the care that yeah. that you know. I I live in in Columbia still, right in the middle of town. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and I I just don't worry about what kind of care we're gonna get because I know right. it's gonna be. And I've several in there I went to paramedic school with. And, you know, and Aaron Stamper taught taught that class, and so I know Another the legend. You, yeah, so you know, <laughs> five the, stone legend now. The yeah. um, the senior medics, you know, that's running the streets in Columbia, they're taught by the best. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, and talk, think talking about Stamper. You know, I know this is an interview for for you, and I'm not taking away from yours. You know, but this kind of all ties in together because the establishment of of EMS in this state, really, and strongly in this region, was developed in part by your father, mm -hmm. and then from your father, it goes on that next generation. It comes down to you. And your instructors and the people that you train with are the people that's on Five Stone. Yeah. We've got Stamper. Yep. We've got Rick Puckett. Yeah. We've got the next generation of legends for who they are. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. We'll have to ask Stamper and Puckett when they come on, but the number of students that they have turned out in this, I'm not, not just students, high quality. I've yeah. been through their classes. You're not going to get through if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, so so we've got we got those two on the team, and then yeah. me and Preston. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, Preston. we were in that same yeah. class. So uh, we have we've done some drills and some training with Preston. He has just blown my mind yeah. at his yeah, control a, and what he can. He's awesome. He's a good dude. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. I mean, take away no, from that's it, fine. That's what this is for. Um, yeah. But from from there, um, I kind of I was there for three or four years at at E Town. And I got recruited by uh, their uh, high up at Little Metro EMS. Uh, shortly after their merger, um, Rick Roller was their car too at Metro, and uh, he worked at Hardin County part time. And hmm. he recruited me. He told me he could give me this much money and these benefits and all that stuff. I'm like, I, I would. I've always wanted that high paced, yeah, um, yeah right. run volume. Yeah. You know, uh, I love that. Feel like I get restless if we're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I took him up on it and went to Metro, and I spent six years for Little Metro EMS. Um, so started out in the you know worst EMS district 
in the state, you know, in West End. Yeah. So I started out 26th in Portland at, at Engine 6. Um, and rode the majority of my career down on Dixie Highway, which is the busiest EMS division in the state. Um, in fact, they just made um, the one of the fi- national uh, fire magazines, like, top uh, 10 list on really? busiest ambulances in the nation. Holy smokes, Yeah, it was uh, Station 1 at, at PRP. And, uh, and that's your old stomping ground. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, um, you know, I spent some time there, and then I, I wanted to get closer to home. Um, burnout is is real, you know, and, and PTSD. Like, when you work sh- multiple shootings every day and or see a dead baby every every shift, you know, it gets to where you Absolutely. can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, so uh, me and my wife decided that I had to do something different. So we come back home and start working in Glasgow for a little bit. Um, so I, I worked for Baron Metcalf EMS, um, and ended up, I was there for two or three years and got promoted to supervisor there, um, before we had a management change. Um, and it was a very nasty management change about 15 or 20 people left. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was one of them. I just, um, there was some policies put in place. I just couldn't morally uphold as a supervisor. Yeah. So um, I actually uh, <clears throat> stepped down part time, uh, and just was told that they didn't need me at all. So it was a a bitter breakup, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so anyway, I, went, I made but it my all way. Works out yeah, because, I made my way back yeah. north again, and and actually, a uh, pretty cool story is um, for Pleasure Ridge Park Fire Department. Yeah, uh, took on an ambulance service. They bought uh, a certificate of need from one of the local private services and started an animal service and I was one of the first paramedics that they hired to run an ALS animal service wow so um, I was a supervisor there a street suit uh, there for at a station two for PRP and uh, got that me along with uh, a few others um, you know the original original six paramedics they hired you know, we got that ambulance service off the ground from a That's simple awesome. BLS. Like uh, following in the footsteps of your dad. Yeah, well, yeah, it really was. Seriously, that that task was, um, that meant a lot to me yeah. to be a part of. Um, and I, I did. I felt like it's just, you know, that's that's where God wanted me to be, yeah. you know. Um, How did you get tied in with the with working with some SWAT team? Um, well, that was in Glasgow initially. Okay. Um, so we've got a... Uh, their Barron County SO runs their runs the county SWAT team. Okay. Uh, so initially there, um, we started training with them, uh, getting a team together. Uh, really started from the ground up, uh, along with uh, Glasgow City Police. Um, but that management change that I talked about, yeah, shut it down. Really? Um, immediately, one of his first first things he did was. We, we had this SWAT team going, and we had a new education program going, and he shut them both down, like no more. And that was hard to take, you know, something that I'd put a lot of time into, yeah. um, a lot of off time, mm-hmm. you know, personal time into, and something that several of us was, was passionate about to just be shut down, and I, for no reason. There was no no reason given. Yeah. Uh, so it was hard to take. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> Now, you know, I working. I worked PRP for that for a year to help them get that off the ground. Um, and then Joe Milton t- 
took back over Glasgow. Um, so yet another management change for for the good. Uh, so it was him and and uh, old buddy of mine, Garland Gillum. I don't know if you know him or not. He flew for Ari back for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Eric Bauer, you know, it's another legend mm-hmm. uh, in the podcast world. Like he was the one of the f- very first uh, medical podcasts in the world. That's awesome. Um, but uh, they called me and asked, you know, asked if I wanted to come back. And under that that leadership, um, I couldn't say no to that. Yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. It's a it's a twenty five thirty minute drive from home. Well, when you got somebody too that worked with your dad, and you know the yeah. loyalty and the trust, yeah. and you know what I'm saying that yep. that that that's huge. Yeah. So you know, I took him up on it and uh, went back to Glasgow in January of this year, and of course, it's been a very weird year. Yeah. With COVID. It has. Um, but um, I was, of course, being low man on the totem pole again. Um. I was put on night shift as a, you know, street medic. Um, I got my, you know, I've got, I've had my critical care endorsement uh, for the last, um, I don't know, three or four years now, maybe five years, something like that. Um, and uh, so I was one of the critical care medics on duty for night, for one of the night shifts at Glasgow. Okay. And, um, but anyway, you know, I've, I kind of felt like um, I'd taken a step back just because of that role. You know, I'd been supervisor for several years before I come back to Glasgow and I felt like I maybe I took a step back, you know, now I was riding the truck on night shift. And again, not knocking that. It's just, it felt like the pro- progress I'd made in my career. I felt like maybe I'd made the wrong decision, but, uh, I don't think so though. That, that shows in a way though, I think in my personal opinion, I'm not there in your shoes, but it shows other people there too, that cause where you're getting ready, I guess, take the storage where you're at now. That yeah, you weren't too good to do that. Yeah, and that's, you know and I knew that. Like I had no qualms on you know being a new yeah. guy. Uh, you know I got to do new guy stuff. You know yeah. and had no problems doing that. Number one because of who it was for. You know yeah. uh, that management team is was top notch and and I believed in them. Yeah. You know they, they were Joe inherited a dumpster fire pretty yeah. much, and. Um, he sat me down in his office before I started work, and we talked. We had a long talk about his vision and and where he wanted to take the service. And I just and I believed in him. Yeah. So uh, luckily, you know, I just I, I try to be extremely loyal to people like that. Um, right. I'm I'm never. It kind of sounds bad, but uh, I'm I'm not loyal to a a service per right. se, but you know, to a to an individual that. Um that gives gives support and yeah. and has good vision you know about you know man i'll go to hell and back with them that's right yeah um and you know that i feel like it's what we've done we've turned that that place around and 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 a few months ago i got promoted to supervisor again there um and i was just told that uh the the swat team thing is getting back uh-huh. it's getting moved to the front burner now so that is so important man yeah so i've had we've got a i'm teaching an emt class with eric right now and uh, we've got a couple uh, SO officers in that class that are on the SWAT team, and you know it's been brought That's brought up. You know, it's like, hey, we 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 need you all on the team. So it's in the works. So getting back in that saddle again. That's good. Yep. So what's your vision, man? Where you where you think uh, you see yourself going in the future? What do you think? Um. <clears throat> well, to be to be honest with you. Um. I love where I'm at right now. 
I love this position. I feel like it's the right place for me. I feel like the the service that we're in is a very young young department. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of new people, very new paramedics uh, and EMTs as well. Really, from the ground up, it's a young service. So I feel like um, I've been put in the right place to, you know, help these individuals grow and to be good clinicians. So I'm content where I'm at for a little while. Uh, but uh, retirement's on the horizon. Right. Um, How many years you got in now? You uh, said almost so I've got 16. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up on 16. However, um, I spent a lot of part-time work at Russell County. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's added about three years to my retirement. So uh, should be about should be four years, but I'm working on about seven left, yeah. um, which is, I, is I nothing. Yeah, we're in the single digits regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so um, downhill slide. Yeah, and uh, you know that's something that's really not really been important to me, but in the last couple of years, you yeah. know, as, as a new EMT and paramedic, you just don't care about retirement really. You know, yeah. you just you're just in it to win it, you know. Yeah. Just, you're doing some cool stuff. And I started working in the emergency room. They told me one day, they said, you would do this for free, wouldn't you? Like, you would not even get paid and show up. And I was like, yeah, don't tell them that. But, yeah, pretty yeah. much would. You I know? mean. Cause that's how it is. And you start, it's just like, man, you know, you just got that, that drive and that go. And you really don't lose it, but it takes a toll on your body when you start does. getting older. Yeah. You're just like, oh, man. How yeah, much just like now, like, going? dude, my back and my knees hurt every – I have severe back pain every day. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Yeah. But – I still love making runs. Yeah. So, um, luckily in my position, you know, if the good run comes out, you know, I can, I can squirrel it and jump it. Yeah. Um, but I just sit back and watch pretty much, you know, I could do, <laughs> you know, I've, if somebody's struggling innovation, step in there to innovate real quick yeah. and step back and, you know, so it's, I it's a the lot button on the stretcher. I can yeah. Raise it up for yeah. 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 So oh, you need to shock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I, and I, tr- I think the the my guys really appreciate that. Yeah. You know that I show up. You know, man, I make a lot of runs with them. I just don't. Yeah. I don't go to just good runs, um, but I try to make a lot of runs with everybody, just to prove that. It's like, hey, I'm out here with you. You yeah. know, that's um, awesome, man. And and I'm there for support and guidance. Like if you, if yeah. you get stuck on you know you do your thing, but if you get stuck with something, you know, I'm, yeah. you got to help. You know. Well, so. I know that they're blessed to have you. I've known you about my whole life. Mm-hmm. We're blessed to have you here at Five Stone. You've put forth so much effort and dedicated so much to help us get this off the ground, yeah. and I can't thank you enough. Man, I, it's a pleasure of mine. Your family means the world to me. Your dad, I knew him personally, too. Mm-hmm. And just the, the lineage and the heritage yeah. from EMS community is just an honor to have here and an honor for you to keep carrying that on for the people of this area in this yeah. community and now think of it this way you're no longer focused on kentucky yeah five stone is reaching out across the country yeah everybody across the world can hear this podcast yeah. right now yeah and they get a chance to hear the legend of your father yeah that's awesome yeah it is awesome yeah it so is. it's our way to show respect to him yeah. and to honor him yeah, and, uh, and to uh honor all those legends that we just mentioned and you're carrying the fire on, man. You're taking it to the next level and helping people across this it, world. It's you know? an honor. So, anyway, man, that's it, I guess. Anything else you want to share? I don't think so, man. All just... right. Thank you guys so much for checking us out here at Five Stone, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up, yep. and uh, we'll carry on with some more podcasts. So keep checking us out on the next one. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, anytime, dude. We'll talk to you later.
This has been a production of Five Stone. Guys, we thank you so much for taking time out of your day to support us. We cannot thank you enough. Please check us out at FiveStoneUSA.com. If you're in need of training, supplies, gear, information, whatever it might be, that's our main hub right there. We're also on YouTube and all the social media networks. You can check us out there. If you're in need for training, you're looking for something in particular, reach out to us and let us know. If it's on the website, we'll do what we can to provide it for you guys, for your organization, your church, your school, whatever it might be. We're here to help you guys. We appreciate all of your support. Remember, discipline is readiness. And also always prepare, respond, and save. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good day and be safe out there.